Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hey everyone, it's Nera here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Success Story, hosted by Scott D. Clary. Success Stories features Q&A sessions with successful business leaders, keynote presentations, and conversations on sales, marketing, business, startups, and entrepreneurship. I recently enjoyed listening to Scott interview Rebecca Zung, who is recognized as a top 1% attorney and, get this, a narcissist negotiation expert who shared her perspective on how to negotiate your best life. Listen to Success Story wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. It's Sanira here, your host of CEO School, the podcast. And on today's amazing episode, I'm so excited to welcome Lisa Morrell. Lisa is a recognized advisor to family entrepreneurs and the founder of the Family Business Blueprint, an online program for next-gen leaders of families and business facing their first-generational transitions. She has guided hundreds of family business leaders in laying a framework for avoiding conflicts and strategically growing family enterprises. And you all know how much this means to me as I have a family business. So this is going to be such an incredible episode. Lisa works with multi-generational families across 10 different countries and is the first Latin American expert to join the prestigious Family Business Consulting Group. She believes in supporting women as catalyzers of change within their family businesses and advocates for next-gen-led entrepreneurship. She's the youngest board member of the Family Firm Institute, the leading global organization of thought leaders in this specific field. Lisa is an immigrant, a mom of two, and a second-generation member. She is also the host of Family Business Conversations podcast, and I'm just so excited to have you today, Lisa. Welcome to the show. Welcome to CEO School. Thank you so much for having me. As I was telling you before we got started, I am a huge fan of your mission, of your work, and I am just excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. And as we were talking earlier, right before the show, I mean, this topic is so important to me uh, because I have a family business and I've never been, you know, we've it's people always ask us like so much about how my brother and I work together. What are the dynamics of it? And we're all great and fine, but we always talk about that we're going to be great, but our biggest concern is like the things that we don't control, which would be like our children and how they get along and then their children. And as you think mm -hmm. about, as you think about businesses and as you think about like building a business that lasts, which is something that's so important that I teach at CEO school, right? It's not just about building um, a small business. We want to build scalable, large businesses that are one, exitable, 
right? Or that can be passed down from generation to generation. And, bo- and both of those things, even if you exit your business, which is our strategy at Stacks for my brother and I, we're still going to create a family office, generational wealth that's going to come out of it that our um, predecessors are going to have to take care of like what we've built. And so these are conversations that we have literally all the time at the dinner table. And I don't think that this is a topic that women get to hear about. So for me to have you on today as an expert, as a female expert, as a Latin American woman expert leading this, it just means the world to me. And I think that this is gonna, this conversation is gonna be really, really impactful for all of the entrepreneurs in the room, whether you know your exit strategy or not, pay attention because we're not just building wealth, we're here to build generational wealth. And you are so right, because this is a conversation that is not being had enough. And that is the reason why so many families and businesses do not get to build upon the foundations that will empower them to pass down wealth from generation to generation. And that is what we're here to change. Yeah, Lisa, if you can kind of just give me a high level about yourself and of the company, how you got started and what is it that you you exactly do uh, for companies and for entrepreneurs? Well, I am just one of the millions of people who grew up around the dinner table with a mom and dad that started a successful business, right? And I grew up with my siblings feeling very proud about being a part of of a family that owned a business and that was growing a successful business. And as we got older, you know, we all had the opportunity to follow our dreams and study whatever we wanted to study. And I went into law first and then into business. And after having the opportunity to study abroad and coming back into the family business, I was having a conversation with my dad one night and we were talking about the fact that we needed to plan for transition. You know, what was going to happen in the future, right? Who was going to make the decisions? Who was going to step into the leadership position? Who was going to be CEO? How are we going to grow the company, right? How are we going to be able to make decisions together? Those same questions that you were facing probably with your brother on the dinner table and that so many other families face. And at that time, I was also working as a corporate and a state lawyer, and I was helping a lot of other wealthy families that owned operating businesses plan for the future. And I say like this, through a trust, a state planning, a corporate structure. And I quickly learned, Sanera, how little sometimes lawyers, um, how little lawyers do to help families really plan for important conversations for harmony and for peace. Oh, I love that. Because, right? That's literally the prayer. I literally pray, like my prayer, literally every night with my kids is like for our family to stay healthy and united. I always say the word united because what we have is like just so incredibly special and money can change that. And I've seen that happen. I saw that happen. And I'm going to get really vulnerable on this episode because I come from a, you know, father of like, of, of I'm a daughter of an entrepreneur and, you know, in my father's family, business ripped everyone apart and money ripped everyone apart. And so this is so critical that you talk about, not just from a protection of your asset, protection of like the trust and all those things, which honestly the knowledge is definitely lacking. We don't get to hear about that uh, for women. 
uh, because men control that, right? Men are the one making these decisions for our families. And so it's important for us to get educated on it. But then part two of what you said just really struck home for me on doing it with peace and harmony. That is also ultimately like what is most important. And it is for so many families. I know it was true for my family and it was true for every single family that, that we help guide through this. And I quickly learned, right, that not only were we going through this, but every single client that I had at the end wanted what you just said. They wanted to be able to grow their business in a way that did not impact family harmony. And I will say this, money, wealth will change your family. It, 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 it's not a fact of if it can, it will. And in my experience, um, every single family enterprise or family business is going to go through things that they're going to be able to manage or cha- manage proactively. And so at that point in time, I had a very big life decision to make. And my dad, who's all, my parents have always been very visionary. And just like your father supported you in a very crucial life decision, my father said, he didn't read Mary for Leo. I mean, I don't think she was that big yet, but he's like, everything is figure outable. Go find out how other families face this, right? And I did. I had, the, I had the opportunity to go to a very renowned family governance program in Boston. And that was the aha moment. I was like, I learned there that only 3% of family enterprises break the third generation. A very scary statistic. I also learned that being in business and owning a business with your family is not complicated. We always say, oh, it's so complicated. You know, working with my brother is complicated, with my uncle, with my mom, with my dad. You know, oh, Lisa, you have no idea. This is super complicated. It's not complicated. It's complex. You have to manage another level of complexity. And that requires a whole new level of skill sets, of tools that so many families have never been exposed to. And that was the starting point more than a decade ago for what has been my career today. Um, I have become an advisor for family enterprises. I helped guide my own family through this process, which I'm very proud of what we've been able to achieve. And I also founded the first consulting firm for this in my home country. And then, as I was sharing with you, um, I moved to the States. I am also an immigrant and had the opportunity to not only found this program called the Family Business Blueprint, where we guide all other next generation family members like myself through this, but also join the Family Business Consulting Group, which is you know the leading organization and group of experts in the field. And we work with families across the globe. I think it's so incredible. And I want to kind of come back to um, a statistic that you shared, because I, I think that it's important for the women to understand what that means. And you said that less than 3% of family-owned businesses ever make it past the third generation. Um, and whether it's whether it's businesses or I've even heard it from like that wealth doesn't get passed on past the third generation. So for, for what that means is that Mila's grandkids, so my grandkids may not actually get the fruits of our labor that we've done today, like at the third generation, or her kids definitely might not get it. And so could you talk us through why that, like, why is this happening? Um, And what are the things that you're seeing that um, 
you know, cause for this statistic to take place because that's so unfortunate uh, that that statistic is that low. The gener- wealth does not get translated. And that's why you see so many of like the richest people in the world just give away their wealth. And it is a scary statistic. It also is, you know, I like to challenge that statistic as well, because not a lot, not all business, many businesses, family or not family owned, don't last, you know, more than um, three decades. The reality is, and you know, the data points yeah. to one main factor. And the reason why family enterprises do not transition is not because the business isn't good, because the market isn't good, because there's been external factors that in, that impact the business. It is because we haven't prepared the next generation of owners, of future owners, for the complex roles that they're going to have to play. And that means, in, in, in our language, we like to talk about stewards of wealth. We like to talk about that next generation that is heard, that is seen, and that is prepared, right? And so a lot of the times, family enterprises are very worried, are working, and you say this a lot, you know, in their business, but not on their business, the day-to-day. I love that you actually listen to all of our stuff. I love those. Thank you. It makes my heart happy. It is. It is. I mean, there's so many things as an entrepreneur and as a part of a business that really it really resonates. I mean, it's important that so many entrepreneurs and so many next gen entrepreneurs, and we'll talk about that, get to have these tools. You know, it's important to be working on your business, but in your business, but you need to be able to be strategic about it and focus on the things that are going to allow you to be able to plan for continuity. And you know, whether better, better than anyone, that when you plan for things, they turn out to be better, right? And so it's all about planning and it's all about communication within the family. So why is this important? Because I'm sure, you know, our listeners might say, Sanira, you've, you've built this business. And so this makes sense why you're having this conversation with Lisa today. Why is this important for the women entrepreneurs that are listening today to start thinking about those conversations now? What would you say to those women who are just getting started, who are, haven't even made it in their business yet? What are you going to say to them? A couple of things. The first thing is that, you know, the skills that you're going to need to grow a business. Um, and I love speaking to and working with women um, founders and entrepreneurs um, and wealth creators, because women have a particular superpower that they don't tap into as much. And we call them the CEOs, and that is them, that's short for in our in our language for the chief emotional officers. Being able to be successful at growing a family enterprise, and if you are growing a business for the safety and the security and the continuity of your family. And I have not met a lot of female founders that that's not one of their BHAGs. You know, the reason why that's there is because I want to be able to provide for my family. Then that means that you're going to have to, you're going to be able to tap into a particular skill set, which is emotional intelligence. You know, that skill set of how you grow your own team, how you're able to communicate across your organization is really important and is really handy. And so I want female founders to understand that that's a superpower that they have, that they should be able to continue to harness. 
and that they also need to be thinking, even if they're starting small, on how they want the future to look like, if that's your ultimate goal. Don't leave planning towards the last minute. It is never too late to start planning. I think the second message, Sunira, that I would have, we talk a lot about entrepreneurs, but 90, more than 90% of the world's businesses are family-owned. Yes. And that is a statistic, a, a statistic across the world. It varies. There's some areas that it's an 87, 89%. There's some areas that it's 99. But the majority of businesses in the world are family businesses. So that means two things. That means that you're either going to found your own family business or that you're going to be able to help grow and scale from a legacy that's already been created. And we don't put enough emphasis on that. And that's on entrepreneurship. It's the ability to grow and scale businesses that could be small, medium, or large. And there's a huge impact into, into being able to do that. The reality is, and you might um, connect with this because you work with your brother, that being able to work and own a business with your family is complex. It really Therefore, is. Therefore, you're going to have to manage and have a couple of other things that it would be different if you would be doing this by yourself. Absolutely. So what is entrepreneurship in a family business, right? And why is this important? Why is entrepreneurship important and how can you foster that in in the, you know, in the future generations or even in current generations today? Well, entrepreneurship is just very simply the capacity of any organization that it has to deploy and develop new products, scale, diversify and grow. And like any organization, a family should have, well, can have the opportunity to foster a culture of entrepreneurship in a way that it allows for the family wealth or the family assets to be able to continue to grow and support the family. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm working with yeah. uh, a fifth generation family enterprise uh, that have been very successful in one sector. But as you know, we're going to have to change. The world is changing at a fast pace. New markets are coming up. And, you know, they have, I think there are 16, 16 of the next generation, and they're all really committed. But you know what? One of them is a musician. The other one is, is, is doing a really cool project in ESG, you know, and environmental science. You know, everybody pursues their own passion. And for this family in particular that has been very successful because they've been entrepreneurs generation through generation, they've passed down those values. They've passed down that mindset. They decided that for them it was really important to support entrepreneurial spirit within the family. And they did through like a fund. They created a little fund, a, a separate family fund. And, in, and that fund has been so successful that it has launched two other businesses that approximate in size to the original legacy family. I mean, that for many families, that's important. That's right? amazing. And I keep going back to the fact that like, I feel like these are amazing conversations for for, you know, for people that are in that stage. I want to kind of bring it back to the woman who's thinking about it today because one of the things I want to ask you about is that complexity in working with a uh, family because there's probably many women here that are listening. I mean, I work with my family today. Um, you know, my husband and I work together on various projects as well. I mean, you have to, in, in essence, at the end of the day, almost every entrepreneur somehow works with 
some family member at some capacity. And it's 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 not it doesn't have to be, but I know many, many women that work with their spouses um for sure. Their siblings, their mothers, or they hire family members because it's you know, it's friends and family and it's the first access. So can you talk a little bit about some of the complexities that you see and what are ways to ensure harmony or kind of like the tick, the, you know, the tricks of the trade that you've seen to have incredible business growth as well as success in, as well as success for all. And I'm sure you're going to be able to maybe provide some experience as well. One of the things that we see, all businesses start this way. I don't know if you've seen this. You know, two family businesses. I work, I'm working with my brother. I'm working with my other two sisters. I'm working with dad. And everybody's doing everything. Because there's like, you're starting a business from scratch, right? You're running accounting. You're running marketing. You're running sales. Everybody's doing a little bit of everything. And the business starts to grow. And you, the business takes up a lot of space. I hear this a lot. I hear like, okay, we talk about this business Mm. 24-7. All day, every day, right? (laughs) This is our life, right? And we start to grow and we need to get a team in place. And you know what, Lisa? This is right here. We, We need to organize. We need to organize because like literally this is not a, 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 we need to professionalize. Because now we've gotten to a point that if we need to grow, one person can be doing all these things. And it's not that we don't communicate, it's that we communicate in a way that's sometimes triangular. I'll call my dad to see what my mom thinks. And if I disagree with my brother, with what he was saying, I would jump on a call and have these meetings, right? And so all of this starts getting what we call the family business meatball, right? It's a little bit- The family business meatball. I love that. Like everything is together, like a little meatball, right? And so, and that's okay. And at the first stage of a family business, that's kind of how you have to grow a business. But what happens is that if you want to be able to grow and scale, which is a part of your focus of what you help so many women do, there needs to be one, clarity of roles, right? It's very important that we start working towards understanding, you know, what are the clarity of roles of not only of those who work in the business, but then as families tend to grow, you know, we start talking about it becomes more complex because it's very simple. We start dealing with questions like, well, should all my children work in the business? Should all of them be paid the same? Because I, as a mother or as a father, feel that I I don't love my children any differently. Therefore, should all of them, you know, should they be included in the business? Should they not? Right. And you're, you're going to be starting to, you know, face questions around that, that um, are going to make things a little bit more complex. And so, and for, for those women that are starting out, I would say the first thing that you can do, if you're going to be a, start a family business, and maybe you can speak a little bit about your experience is one, foster very good relationships and communications with your family members, understanding that you are being a family and a business at one together. And we call the three circle model family, business, and ownership. There's three different rooms and we need to talk about three different things at the same time. Two, have clarity of the role that you are undertaking at that particular moment in time. When are you showing up as a family member? When are you showing up as a collaborator in a business? And when are you showing up as an owner? Those are three different discussions, right? 
And the third that I would say is make sure you make time for all three, for all three, because if not, you're going to run into that wall that sometimes we run into as founders and as businesswomen, where this business takes up a lot of space and it hurts your family in a way, right? And that's something that we always want to avoid. While you're listening to this podcast, you're probably doing something else too. Mastering the art of cooking, driving your kids to practice, dancing like no one's watching. We get it. When you're having conversations with your customers, the same is probably true for them. They're IMing their teams, mentally planning their date nights. So growing conversations beyond the moment can be challenging. HubSpot helps you go beyond the moment by connecting you and your teams, giving you access to the exact same data, and helping you see the full customer picture, what motivates them, what their expectations are, and how you can blow them out of the water. With powerful tools that connect marketing, sales, ops, and service, HubSpot's powerful CRM platform powers you and your teams to transform customer moments into extraordinary customer experiences. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers through the door is even harder. But getting paid shouldn't have to be. This is where Stacks Payments is here to help. As an intuitive platform for invoicing, recurring billing, in-person, as well as online payments, Stacks is a one-stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stacks has one flat fee for the month instead of percentages you can't understand. Stop spending time tracking down customers or payment tools that fail on you. Set your automations up with Stacks Payments today. As CEO and founder of Stacks and CEO School, it's been my mission to support female leaders, founders, and CEOs. With Stacks, I'm able to do so by providing fast, easy, and affordable way to process payments every day for you. I love this. I love that you called it the family meatball because I fully agree with this meatball. Everything's together. And some of the lessons that I've learned um, in working with family, um, and I think my brother and I were really lucky in a way that we actually got to see some really awful things take place in on my father's side of working with family. So it never worked out for him. Um, money always caused challenges between him and his siblings. His heart was always in the right place, but just it was just always it was complex. And at the end of the day, there just wasn't, I would say, the communication like the you start you start working with family because of one thing, which is trust. Like I would say that that was probably like the number one reason why you choose to work with a family member is because who else do you have the most ultimate trust with? Right. My brother is you know, somebody I trust with my life, with my children, right? Same with my spouse, right? So your trust is like the most important thing. But then what takes place when business and conflict happens, you also fight uniquely as a family or you communicate differently as a family than you do as you do in business. And so those things can get overlapped. Sensitivities can get, you know, um, you know, it gets personal, right? And I always say business is personal. And so everyone's emotions are at a different level. And so when things, if we don't have those right boundaries, 
if you don't have the right communication tactics, like that's when you see those challenges. And then the third component is when there isn't that ownership and the ownership is not equal. It can create, and if, if it's not, um, it can create some uh, some distance, right? Because one person is getting paid something or one person's generation, like wealth is coming from a different direction. So I got to see a lot of the workings with my father and businesses that he's had with like all of their family. Like he's had businesses with his cousins, with his siblings. It never worked out, ever worked out. And I think it was on all of them and how they, you know, what that was like. But I think for my brother and I, we, when we sat down to do business, the first thing we did was to make sure that there was, like, we talked through roles and responsibilities. We talked through like something that was really important. I never wanted money to come in between my brother and I, like as I saw it happen with my father and his siblings. And so at the time when Sal came on board in the company, my company was already almost like a year into business. But when he came on board as a partner, it wasn't about what was our value today. It was about where we were going together. And we split the company 50-50. And I knew that at that moment that I like that was a choice I had to make. And I could have been a little bit more selfish in keeping more equity because I had more sweat equity or whatever I could have justified. But I wanted to remove that avoidance from our future. And I think it was one of the best decisions that we made as partners was to go in as an equitable, equal partnership into it. So we both were always coming at it from the same ownership lens is what you talk about. And then lastly, I would say is that we actually from the beginning got a organizational psychologist to work with. So almost like your business therapist. We actually have like a, my brother and I like go to like couples therapy for business, okay, where we can, you know, make sure that you know, we can communicate effectively. We get the tools for effective communication because what we learned is it's not even just like how we communicate with each other. Like the way I communicate with my, your sibling is like worse than like, I can't talk to like my, like the one person, like I talk to Sal in a very different way than I'll ever talk to Faisal, right? Like your sibling is your sibling. You fight super quick. You make up super quick. Like it's so different. And we understand that dynamic, but our team doesn't. And it can put people in uncomfortable positions as well. And so it was really important that we learned how to communicate as business partners separate than siblings. And so we had to do some work in that. And I'm really proud of us for putting in like putting in that work, you know, um, you know, having getting those tool sets, making sure we're showing up for the right conversations. It's definitely not easy on most days. The person that like makes me feel the best is my my brother and the one that makes me feel worse on a business day is also my brother because his it's just like the, the, the heart that I carry with it but I would say that some of those things of like working on communication setting the right even those boundaries of like we're not going to talk about work when we get like when we're at family dinner and we're with our mom and everybody else we got to turn it off and we got to be siblings like so there's that moment to be siblings there's family, there's moment to be business partners, and then there's moments to be owners. So I love that you kind of put that together. It's a lot easier said than done, uh, but it's always a top priority for us. And the process is the product. Like anything yeah. in life, it it really is about, I hear a lot of families that, I work with multi-generational families, right? So I work, my heart is in helping many founders in that first transitions, right? Especially first to second generation. Um, but life has, I have had the opportunity, I work with many multi-generational families, sometimes 225 shareholders, fifth generation. Can you imagine the complexity? Wow. 
what you just highlighted today is the basis of it. Yeah. It is really how you set up yourself for success. And it, there's no quick fix like anything in life. Um, if you want to build, build a good team, you have to build it from within first. So getting self-knowledge tools, better communication tools for yourself is going to make you a better business owner. It's going to make you a better sibling or a cousin, uh, a spouse, you know, and it's also going to give you some of the most important tools for the perpetuity of your of your business. And it really is about consistency also as well. I think um, you're not going to I have yet to meet a perfect family business or a perfect family. Every single family that I know, including my own, and I'm sure yours as well, has had some sort of conflict. And we're terrified about the world conflict as well. We're like, oh my gosh, I don't even... So I know some people that do not want to go into business with their family because they don't want that relationship to be affected, right? They're like, no, 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 no. You know how it is? When there's so much proof that um, being able to be an entrepreneur with your family um, is, is one of the quickest way to scale because of patient capital. That's a reality. But I have so many families and so many people that are, are feel fearful of that because of the fact that they don't want to be able to ruin that relationship. And so it really is important that you we have a, the space to talk about the fact that there is a way for you to be able to do both. Yeah, I love it. I actually, I think this is just so, um, I just love that we're talking about like future wealth creation. I think that's where our mindset needs to also shift as women as well, is that we have to be thinking about like we are changing the landscape in business today. We are. We are the next entrepreneur. We are the ones to be reckoned with. We have been, we're a force and we've been, you know, we've been held to the side, right? Like we haven't had an opportunity to shine. And I see this like next wave of female entrepreneurship just taking over. And we can see like even in the statistics, like although less than 3% of venture capital goes to female founders, over 12% of the unicorns created are women. And so we make money go further. And that is point blank period, we know what we're doing because uh, we rely on that that CEO, that chief emotional officer, as well as the skill sets that we have. But there is this, like, what I'm excited about is to, I didn't know any of this really existed. I went to my first private equity um, retreat when we got our, like, our, our, like, series B funding at that time. And I went to, like, an all-men um portfolio company get together. I was the only female CEO. And they brought in a wealth advisor to talk about like transferring of shares now and how to create trust earlier um, out of your business. And like, these are the first conversations I had. And I hadn't even really built a big business. Like we had just a couple million in recurring revenue, but we had like, we were nowhere near an exit in sight. But it, all the conversations, just having the conversations allowed me to think bigger for myself as a business. And I'm like, look at the men in the room sitting here. And some of the stuff, Lisa, and I know you're going to laugh when I tell you this, like I looked over at my brother as soon as like the guy up there was talking about a son-in-law clause. So they were literally talking about protecting wealth from future spouses. And like we were dying laughing at that point because I'd never heard anything like this. But where's like the daughter-in-law clause, right? Like, I mean, it's just like so patriarchal. Like it's so, pardon my language, so fucked up on like how men are controlling all of the wealth everywhere. Then we're controlling how we're like carrying through that wealth, generating that wealth, distributing that wealth. 
And it was just a really like it was like one of my first most like insightful sessions like sitting and I was just soaking it all in. And I just I can go back to that exact seat, Lisa, being like, the world is my oyster. I'm going to go build a really big fucking business because I want to be talking about my kids' generational wealth and like how to prove that our family is not going to be the one to like be in that 3% category. And so um, I don't know. I thought the son-in-law was clause was really fun if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, I know. Why, why isn't the daughter-in-law clause as well? And these are all, you know, the prenup to prenup. Or, I just came back from this conference at MIT and we were, there was a whole session on to prenup or not to prenup. And it's interesting how we always think it's it's the women. The good thing that I will report back, because I, I myself as well, um, I'm very happy to be able to, I am just, uh, I just let, fa- I hold space for families. That's my job. I help families, you know, have conversations. And as you can imagine, I work in many countries where um, that same sentiment arises, where women do not have a seat at the table, where women have never been allowed to even dream about working in the family business, where women haven't been encouraged to speak up or to be a part of serious conversations about money, about wealth, about what does it mean for us, how can I better manage it? And um, it's really exciting to see how that is absolutely changing. And that will change in our generation um, because women are being catalyzers of this. It has to. And it will as well. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be also a part of when families can grow, can learn together. It's a very powerful thing as well. So um, I'm happy to be a part of conversations where that is changing. That is definitely changing. And the future is going to be, because as you said, you know, women have a very, um, and I, and I don't want to be exclusive to men as well, but talking about the why, that why are we in business together? Why are we creating generational wealth? What is the impact that we want to have with the service that we're doing is a really important conversation. And, as for families and definitely women of the family need to be a part of that conversation. Do you feel like they're welcomed in in the, some of the countries? If you can kind of just share some, I know we're like, I have so many questions for you. So I'll make this like my last one, but I'm curious to know where you see progression for women and where you don't. I see progression for women in, in many Latin American countries. I do. Amazing. I do. Um, I see progression for women on boards. One of the things that I'm very passionate about is hashtag more women on boards because representation matters, because diversity matters, because we make better decisions on boards of companies when women are seating at those tables. And um, that is something that I'm seeing a big shift Amen. And I agree. I'm I'm sure you, you have experience with that. You know, how many times are you presenting to a board where it's literally everyone a 60 year old white male? How are they making decisions that represents the services and the products that this society needs? Therefore, um, I'm seeing, and so I am a very big, I, I work a lot on board structures and building boards for family businesses. You don't have to be a huge company to have a board. That's a whole nother discussion, right? Um, and so I also help 
Maybe we should have you have back on for that because I think that's like a very important discussion to talk about and how creating board structure. Maybe we can have you back for like a wind down Wednesday on that topic because I'd love to have that discussion with you. Yeah, I would love to as well. So those are two areas where I can definitely see progress and I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to be a part of this generation that is leading that change as well. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. How do we get in touch with you? How do we support you? What do you need from us? Oh, I am just happy to be a part of this conversation. If any, if anything that we talked about today resonates with you or your family business, you can go to the fbcg.com and we have the largest free online library of resources to help you grow and scale your family business in harmony. Also sign up to the newsletter because we are excited to announce that next year we'll be relaunching the family business blueprint which was sold out last year and we will be taking um, a lot of leaders next-gen leaders through this online program so make sure you sign up to the newsletter and you'll receive information amazing i see you are on instagram at lisa morrell and we'll be linking everything in the show notes for all of you thank you lisa for doing your part in creating a more harmonious beautiful world for entrepreneurs this was such a special episode i hope you women learned something today and hopefully it inspired you to create a business that can be passed on from generation to generation, a legacy, not just a business and how to keep it in harmony and in unity and to grow that generational wealth. Uh, And I'm just so excited that we got to do this today. Thank you, Lisa. And I'll see you guys next week at CEO School. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers through the door is even harder but getting paid shouldn't have to be. This is where Stacks Payments is here to help. As an intuitive platform for invoicing, recurring billing, in-person, as well as online payments, Stacks is a one-stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stacks has one flat fee for the month. Instead of percentages you can't understand, stop spending time tracking down customers or payment tools that fail on you. Set your automations up with Stacks Payments today. As CEO and founder of Stacks and CEO School, it's been my mission to support female leaders, founders, and CEOs. With Stacks, I'm able to do so by providing fast, easy, and affordable way to process payments every day for you. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.